Welcome to Whiskey in the Stream, where we play 5th edition Dungeons and Dragons in a homebrew setting. This is a real play podcast with adult language and nonsensical whimsy, you have been warned. I'm Ken, and I'll be your dungeon master this evening, so let's get started. And with that, we are, we are live, everybody. All right, welcome back to Whiskey in the Stream. Uh, Aria did the recap last time. She is not here, so everyone else, please roll a d20 and logos for recap. Why is everything that I throw a two? I'll take it I rolled a four. I throw three twos in a row. Let me try something else. I don't like this. This is not good, guys. Stop the stream. Let's come back next week. Or it's putting all the logos out now when everything goes full. Fair. Here, I'm just going to pick something random and see if it's still doing this. For the podcast so far, this has been a two, a three, and a four. Okay. Well, at least I can throw something that's not a two. Yeah, let's just hope we get this out of the way now, because I, I have concerns. That's not good when you say that. No, it's really not, guys. <clears throat> All right, well. I took sketchy notes to start with, so feel free to jump in and fill in blanks if uh, if I get into any situations where I'm missing anything. Um <clears throat> My notes pick up as we're having a conversation with the captain. And I feel like I missed quite a bit before that. So we're having a conversation. Um, there's some discussion about the riots. There's some discussion about um, an investigation going on with an attack that our, our good friend Einrich has befallen a terrible tragedy. Someone has broken in and attacked and or mangled his hands, which is not a great thing since he works with his hands. Um, we have some discussion about preparations for leaving town. We go around and around in circles about buying a wagon, whether we want a new or used or um, types of horses, etc. We end up buying a used wagon. We get some spare parts for the wagon. Um, I can't remember who shows up, but someone shows up with some uh, lost and found type items and gives the party uh, parting gifts, I guess we'll call it. Um, I wrote down what Gurdon gets. He's got a tower shield that has a fish on it and it smells a little funny. That's about all I got so far. Um, we get interrupted by a frantic guard. I think that's the guy that gave us the shields. Um, Panda leaves. That's all I wrote for that for some reason because I was trying to pay attention. Um, 
the departure happens. Uh, let's see. We learned that there's... Uh, <clears throat> we asked some questions about the attack on Einrich. The guy leading was a human. About six... Did I write six foot seven? Six foot... He's a tall guy. Black clothes. Red accents on his clothes. Uh, his nose was effed up. I wrote that down as well. Uh, let's see. Halen touches the... Let's see, yeah, that guy shows up. Uh, let's see, we'll have a conversation with the clerics. That's what happened. I mean, the uh, the two factions show up. That's what happens, yeah. Um, I set a table on fire with a spell, and our pet dragon destroys the table <laughs> while, there's, while there's a conversation going on in the background, as far as I was concerned. Um, let me see where we go after this. Skipping some parts. Percival shows up. Kalen gets to touch the tablet thing again. He shares his blackout story with Percival. Didn't take a lot of notes on that for some reason. Uh, let's see. We got some books. We named the cart the Danger Cart. I can't read what this says. Oh, these are the names of the books I got. That's cool. As we're leaving town, we run into an elven man. The Duke, something or another road book. The 15th? Is that right? The 15th. And there's another man that's with him, Manzo, who is his uh, bodyguard, we later find out. He's a pretty tough guy. Let's see. He's trying to leave town. Something about mobs. People don't like him. And he needs... Uh, some assistance in getting back to its homeland, which is somewhere through the forest, which we're traversing anyway, so we're going to allow him to accompany us. He's got some baggage. He's kind of dumb, um, as is evidenced by his leaving a trail of notes with arrows on them as he throws them out the window in small balls, and uh, that's that's what I got, guys. <laughs> All right. Um, so that covered the quite a bit of it. It was uh, Percival who had a sort of box of lost and found. And it was Percival? Okay. Things that were recovered from the mob right. uh, that they thought might have belonged to you all. Um, and then if not, since no one had claimed them, that you guys could go ahead and take it anyway. Okay. The High Priest Anvil Barman uh, was the one who kind of pushed Arya to make the choice to leave. Yeah, uh, they needed her more. Let's see. Uh, the horses, the orphans, because the orphans. Yeah, because of the orphans. Uh, <clears throat> Amar did make it a point to tell her that it had to be her decision, not this prick. Um, which you know. Aurora or Arya made her choice, which I think prevented Root from killing the priest. It definitely seemed on that way. I was going to kill the priest. I was going to kill the rich man. That was the priest. Oh, the rich man. Yeah, the the pompous guy in the uh, room when you guys were talking and giving Arya the ultimatum that you need to come back. Uh, that was the high priest, but he definitely was also like well to do. Did not no. feel like they were the same. 
Yeah. There is a different nobleman that is currently with you guys, and that's Duke Robux the Fifteenth, who is that's also on Root Shitlist. Yes, that's who I want. Ah. Still kind of. Yeah. So the Duke had also claimed that these. Uh, the idea for his little paper trail was from a children's story of Hantel and Grenson. Um, the horse's name is Aurora, uh, in addition to the danger cart. Uh, but you all had ended the session after squeezing that information out of the Duke, who is definitely less than forthcoming. Uh, but you all are currently riding the cart. Root is currently driving. Um, it is a little bit difficult to navigate, so she's having to focus a lot on that. here. So on the map, it's going to be a little tough. You have to kind of like scroll really far over and down. Um, but it will show you roughly where you guys are in relation to the city, which is not very far. Um, you guys are realistically only going to get about 60 miles in a day. Right now it is probably early mid-morning. It's probably about 10 o'clock or so. You can still see gaps through the trees. You can still see skyline. Um, is there anything that you all would like to do in particular in this covered wagon as you bounce through the woods? Can we muzzle your thing? <laughs> uh, you can certainly try. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not as tipsy as I was last session, so I'm not as Got it. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I'll study the road book's guide to wildlife as we're traversing now that I've realized that the Duke is a moron. Got it. Sorry. Oh, no worries. I think it was cutting out on you there. Uh, what were you saying, Caitlin? Well, I was just... I just wasn't sure if I missed something. Uh, we are going over what you guys are doing in the cart for the first part of this journey after having dealt with the Duke and his nonsense. Uh, I guess. Uh, I would likely just keep reading through uh, my book, Balance in the Night, and then maybe trying to have occasional conversations with... Um, I wrote down his name. Mansell. Mansell. Yep, Mansell. Got it. All right. Uh, so just in the first chunk of this book, it kind of goes through a bit of doctrine, some of it that you're already familiar with. Uh, I don't know if you still have access to it. Let me know if you don't. But in the Google Drive, I had made a listing of uh, the Pantheon and then given little documents that had extras on them. The Twilight Sister should have her own sheet. So, Kaylin, once he reads through this first section of the book, which will probably take him the better part of six hours to get through, he'll know that information. A lot of the rest of the book... Well, uh, I take it back. The next third of the book would be stories. Um, and we'll get into that you know, later as you have the opportunity to go there. And then the final third, you just kind of look through the table of contents. The final third is about applying those to real-world situations and not just theory. Uh, but it's all very 
the first third goes in depth, but the other parts of the book, as you read through, you'll find that they're a little bit more surface level. This is meant for the common person, not like, you know, someone studying the religion or anyone in the higher levels. This is like, you know, the educated common man would be reading this. Got it. Okay. All right. Um, I'll go back through and review that just so that I know as much as Caitlin. Um, <laughs> As far as his conversation with Mansell, and if you need me to role play this, just let me know. But he's he's really going to try and kind of be friendly with him and open with him. Um, kind of twofold reasons why. He, number one, he he does want to find out more about where they're going, why we're having to go back, and kind of like what we could be getting ourselves into, and also why Mansell is putting up with the asshole. Is it just part of his job? Is it family duty? He has no choice, or kind of, kind of what's leading him to have to do with it? Because clearly, he doesn't have to. Yeah, so Manson is definitely a little standoffish with you having jacked the Duke up against the tree. You know, it conflicts with his job, so he's definitely a little less willing to release a lot of information. Uh, but you can make a persuasion check, but at disadvantage. To see what you'd be willing so, to convey. So I, I'm not trying to sway your decision making here, but I feel like Kalen as a character would probably have been straightforward with um, understanding the circumstances of you know him getting caught throwing things out the window and acting suspicious. That would be why the confrontation is occurring. Not that that may or may not sway Manzo's. Uh, opinion on whether or not he's sharing that information but i just yeah just he, he would be honest with yeah just observing kaylin as a as a character i would have assumed that, that would have happened yeah yeah he he would kind of break down the why <clears throat> and that to be honest knowing the reason why now and kind of putting two and two together unlike what the duke can do <laughs> he's gonna let mansell no, he he really was in no danger. Yeah, that's actually a good shout. I do, and I appreciate I, that, Brian, because that's yeah. what my mind was at, but I, it was not coming out. I was listening uh, to you talk, and I figured that's where you were going, but it didn't come out. So. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it was. That's a good shout. Uh, what I'm going to do then is I will lower the DC based on that, uh, but I'm also going to impose disadvantage. But it will be a little bit easier. Since he, since you're being honest and forthright with him, and he's, you know, you're going to hear the Duke interject and complain as you're doing it, uh, especially since you've kind of like, you know, manspread, scooched him into the corner. Um, he's definitely throwing a little bit more of a bitch fit, which allows Mansa to ignore him a little bit easier. Mm -hmm. uh, but he definitely is going to appreciate the honesty for sure. Okay. And good shout, Gurdon. All right. So eleven and. Zero. Great. Mansell's gonna hate me now. And you accidentally pee on this man. <laughs> With... <laughs> no, probably, I end up accidentally stabbing the Duke. <laughs> the retractable blade just releases into his gut. <laughs> Don't give him ideas. Uh, oh, man. I was like, 11. Okay, cool. And started going with what? And I was like, oh, shit, that's right. Zero. Oh! Oh, okay. 
well. And yes, Ken, I did add my modifier to the zero. Oof. <laughs> I'm sorry. Can't wow. promise I won't do it again. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. Um, so as you are speaking to Manso, like you can see that he still seems very put off by the situation that recently happened. And uh, you start to try to be a little bit more emphatic because you've seen other people do this where they get bigger gestures to help demonstrate what they're trying to say. Like, no, I didn't mean to hurt you know him. And as you swing your arms across, you smack the Duke directly in the face. Uh, you see blood immediately start trickling from his nose. And Manso just sort of cocks his head at you and then takes a handkerchief out and then grabs the Duke by the nose and just pinches who then immediately howls, uh, preventing any real communication from going on for a while. Uh, you do also get some slaps on your arm and shoulder, like just sort of like a cat that's really pissed off. Bing, 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 bing. Yeah, but it's about as effectual as a cat swiping at a robot. It's just... Erdin, are you sitting in the back, or are you sitting up in the front with Root? I'm sitting behind the driver's seat of this carriage of this cart uh, facing the back of the cart. So I'm watching all this unfold. <laughs> yeah. He's gonna, just going to be like, sorry. He's going to, you know, yep. throw a shrug at him like, meh. <laughs> it's fine. I get my hands move a lot. I get animated. I don't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> uh, Gurdon, as you're watching back there, do you mind giving me a perception check, please? Yes, sir. Why do I put my dice tray so far away? Solid. Ooh. Yeah, you see that part of, as the Duke is, like, patting at Kalen's shoulder, his one hand, you see this little sleight of hand, it's not bad, but you catch up on it, that he tosses another sheet of paper out and goes back to the slaps. Let's see. Okay. The paper's crumpled up, so it's not like, you know, mm -hmm. leaf flitting down. It's just kind of bounces out. Okay. I have a piece of paper, and I'm going to pass him a note that says, stop it. It doesn't have to be immediately, but at some point over the next few minutes, I'm going to do this. I'm going to write it down and pass it to him. Um, he snatches it up, and then looks at it, and Manso is still holding his nose closed. He's reading like uh, this. And he, yes, he's like holding it up and trying to read over this, and then puts it down. <clears throat> you hear him choke a little bit on probably the blood clot that was forming. Um, but with that check, I would say that periodically as you're watching these things happen, he still will try to sneak a crumpled bit of paper, including the note that you gave him, out the back. Uh, but he finally catches on that you're just watching him do this, and then we'll stop. It's like every time he reaches to do this, I'm going to go... <laughs> so you eventually manage to just kind of like, you're staring at him for a while. Just like you've got your book open on your lap, just staring at him. And then you just see the shoulder lift, and he looks at you, and the shoulder just goes back down. And then he hangs his head. 
and then he starts talking to Manso, and it's it seems like he's debating a political option that he has when he gets to town. Um, and a lot of it seems to focus on how he's going to try to block trade on different things. And Manso starts trying to give him some advice, like, you know, okay, well, watch what you're trying to block and just wait for the right opportunity. And they carry on in this weird, long roundabout conversation for a little while, but he does at least seem to stop throwing paper out the back of your wagon. Littering is bad, sir. We oh. care about oh. the environment. He does eventually have a bit of handkerchief twisted and plugged up into his nose, so most of what he ends up saying becomes extremely nasal. Uh, you get the very strong feeling, because I think your passive insight is also pretty high. It's like a 14 or something, right? For insight? It is a 16. 16? Okay. Yep. Yeah, you know for sure then that the handkerchief stuffed up the nose is for dramatic effect and is not actually doing anything because the blood clot was long ago. <clears throat> this is just dramatic nonsense. And Gurdon is not surprised. Okay. Norm is actually going to, you know, after a while of you staring at him and after this whole politics conversation, Norm's going to ask you, so what's what's going on? Like, you seem kind of like really focused every time he throws paper. Do you mind if I ask why? I, I really don't care, but I don't like him. So I'm just going to mess with him. Oh, okay. So not anything I should really be worried about or anything, right? I mean, I share what he's doing. There, you know, he's trying to give directions, but he's balling up a sheet of paper and throwing it out the window. Or, well, I mean, we don't have windows on a carriage cart, the danger cart, but you know. I mean, in between, like the canvas and the actual wood. Yeah, 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 okay. yeah. Huh. Yeah. I wasn't paying attention earlier. Was it just normal notes or anything like this? It's like an arrow. We went this way. We went that way. Well, that seems a little suspicious. It seems a little suspicious. I don't know how you would make sense of that. Unless yeah. he, well, one of two things is happening, okay? Okay. This man is either a genius or he's an idiot. I don't know which one it is. I would say the latter. Yeah. Um, I have to agree. Although, what if he's not, you know, what if he's a knight? Well, no, I think he's definitely an idiot. But. What if he's, like, cunning? Yeah, so... Do you think we might be followed if he is cunning? I would worry what else we're in trouble for if he is cunning. If he's an idiot, then we're wasting our time. Yeah. If he's a genius, there's only so much we can do. But if he's cunning, then I would watch our necks in our sleep. Wait, no? Yeah, that's what I meant. I meant... Because they might. Do you hear what I mean? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So those are our three options. Genius, idiot, or cunning. But, but he yeah. can be an idiot either way, to be fair. I think, I think that one's a given. Uh, excuse me. I'm going to try and climb up and see what, see what Miss Root has to say about this. Because this, this is bothering me a little bit. Yeah. Excuse me. Sorry. But let me. Oh, why, why do we have to Hey! Oh, thank you! 
We gotta feed the animals, sir. Oh, that's right. Um, and then uh, he plops down onto the board next to you, a little stunned for a moment. Miss Rue, can I get your opinion? Of course. What do you think is going on with this guy? Or these guys? Oh. Yeah, I was just talking to, to Mr. Gurdon about this. We're trying to figure out if he's a genius, an idiot, or cunning. And while I understand that you can be, you know, more than one of these things, I don't think you could be all three of these things. He's probably an idiot who is cunning. Okay. All right, so that's helpful at least, because then we know not to trust, and we can make a plan that's smarter. Or just assume he's going to do the dumbest thing possible, and then it's super easy. I think we need more info. I'm definitely open to suggestions. Can you spy on him? Keep an eye out. Oh, yeah, definitely. I am super-duper secret stealthy. I have a question for you, Norm, and, and I mean this with the utmost respect. Yes. I know you and Repair can grow big, but can you also grow small? So I can't do that. That's, uh, that's kind of Norm, or I'm Norm. That's Repair's specialty is to, to get big every once in a while. Um, I know that there is a spell I think I could probably try to learn that would let me get smaller, but... I don't know it. Probably tomorrow, maybe? I, I think I gotta wait until you guys level up. What does mm. that mean? Why is my snoop bleeding? <laughs> well, if you We're can not close. keep an eye on the Duke. Okay. And Mansour. I think Mansour is probably the smart one. The Duke seems like an idiot. But he's probably well-connected and funny. And I don't trust him. Okay. Okay. Thank you, Miss Root. Thank you, Norm. And he starts clamoring over the hay, and um, there's this moment of hesitation where he makes eye contact with you, Gurdon. And then there's like this awkward moment where he just doesn't say anything. He's just staring at you. And then very hesitantly starts to lift up a little bit. Could you assist, please? Up. Thank you. Don't worry, sir. I will deny everything. You are muted. Deny what? <laughs> what the? Oh. Taps a snoot. Points. Who goes down? And Repair is just doing like this long stare at him the whole time. <laughs> Eventually, they, uh, Norman Repair, I mean, start whispering in Draconic. Someone picked up Draconic, right? Okay. Uh, Kaylin, you can hear that Norm is basically uh, relaying what he talked to Root and Gurdon about. um, That they need to be careful and expect the worst of these people, but, you know, don't make any moves. Let everybody else make the decision. We're here to help. Uh, Does he notice if Mansell or the Duke are kind of like listening in as well? Uh, go ahead and make an insight check. Okay. Full strong, sir. Mm. I. They're pretty tough to read. Um, right now they seem to be 
uh, upping their conversation about the the political struggle that's going to be coming up, but pretty hard to tell if they're paying attention to anything else. All right. Um, so is there anything, so other than reading, having Norman or Pear keep an eye on them, is there anything in particular that you guys wanted to do over the next couple of hours of travel? Uh, this may be meta, and I'm trying to remember how long they said the journey would be. Are we going to get there this same day? Oh, no. It's uh, okay. about three days of travel. If you push it, so right now, the horse, as is, um, having it become a bit exhausted at the end of each day, moving 12 hours, you can avoid the ho- horse hoss. You can avoid the hoss being a tire. Uh, avoid the horse being exhausted <laughs> by having roots switch in uh, so that the horse isn't pulling it the entire time. But it would still take you about two and a half days worth of travel. You can get about 60 miles each day very comfortably. Well, Okay. And right now... Okay, so we're about two and a half days away from where we're dropping the Duke off. No, you're two and a half days from where you want to be. As far as from the Duke, it won't be today. Um, Got it. I'm assuming at some point over time, you guys will ask him roughly where... Uh, and he'll mention somewhere near near ish a river that leads to the coastline. And looking at a map, you're guessing it's probably a day, day and a half. Okay. I just wanted to make sure because I would definitely want to have a private conversation with the rest of the group uh, before we get to wherever we're going. So if 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 we're stopping for the night, then he would just talk to the rest of the group then. But other than that, he's just gonna keep chilling. He's gonna kind of right now just give up on talking to Mansell until tomorrow. Okay. That is reasonable. He, he won't be rude to anybody, but he's just, he, he knows he, uh, th- there's not a good chance conversation will start. All right. Just off hand, what languages do you guys speak? Uh, and I guess we'll start with whomever's ready and then I'll just call on somebody. Common and Leonin. And that is it. Got it. Okay. Celestial, common, draconic, and undercommon. Got it. And re- Aran, common, druidic, elvish. Okay. Alrighty. So what am I? My two kobolds and a trench coat. What do you speak? Uh, not a whole lot different. Okay. Oops. A pair speaks yeah. giant? What the fuck does he know that? Oh, <laughs> he is <yeah>. a giant. <laughs> You're like, ah, he won't need to actually speak this, but I gotta be thorough with my characters. Click. Probably. Oh, why would I do this to myself? Alright. So Custom language too. I don't know what it was. Oh yeah, I speak it custom was... language too. <laughs> <laughs> She speaks everything. <laughs> Speak the word. Oh, she, she speaks asty. Oh, that's custom language too. That tracks. I do speak asty. She's still curled up at at the at the feet there. She is. Uh, she's been oddly lethargic today. Um, it seems like the coming and going of people has kind of upset her maybe 
she's not really pushing any emotions towards anyone. Um, used to be anytime she felt something, you all would get a message about it. But yeah. now it just feels a little more guarded. She's she's with me, right? Under my feet? Yes. I would like to check in with the Asti. Yeah, I'd like to think, uh, having been cuddle buddies with Asti for a while, every now and then I would send some thoughts in that direction. Just, I'm not entirely convinced that Asti can hear everything I think telepathically, but I like, I'm going to pretend like she does. And I'm just going to send like a, hey, how you doing? Just thinking about you. <laughs> Every now and then. Okay. Uh, oh, a cat. And he then Root Howard. Oh, yeah. And Patsy wants to cuddle with the worms for sure. Uh, Root, how are you reaching out to the Asti? I mean, I guess physically you could just touch at your yeah. feet. Physically, I want to, you know, do like, you know, the kitty behind the ear rub and then be like, are you okay? And she'll adjust her neck so that you can reach wherever she, you know, where, where she wants you to be petting at the moment. Um, and she responds to you, Gurdon. The first time that you reach out to her, it's you know, you get feeling of comfortable and sad. Uh, and then when you check in a, a little bit later, you get more of. Um, Content. There's a still that tinge of sadness there, uh, but it it's a little bit more positive than it was before. Um, and probably close to the end of this little six-hour stretch that I'm putting out here for you guys, uh, you would get a little bit more positive feelings. You can feel there's some sadness in the background, but any time that you get hit with that, you also get an image of Aurora. And so it's one of those, it's not at the forefront of her mind, but it seems to be lingering at least in the back constantly. Um, but she does, you know, once you kind of like, you know, you convey like, oh, I kind of want to cuddle, um, you get a feeling of nighttime. And then you get like a fire and then you see Asti and then you. Later. Later. <laughs> um, Root, as you reach out the first couple of times as you're petting down to her, um, she bumps back with her chin on her paws um, really quickly the first couple of times. Uh, and then eventually she starts to sit up a little bit and lean against your leg and just rest her head up on your knee. And she'll just let you pet her. And then you start getting feeling, you get some of the same contentment with sadness. Uh, with a little image of Aurora that kind of fades very quickly. Uh, Kaylin, you actually notice that when Asti's head makes an appearance, because you catch that bright glint of light off of shiny gem head, you're not the only one who notices. Um, the weird, long conversation, roundabout way of talking about politics stops as soon as that glint hits the back and then you can see how the light has been refracted across the inside of this covered wagon and the light is dancing across everyone's face in the back. And whereas Norman or Pear give a cursory glance, you do notice that the Duke and Manso are paying a lot of attention. They don't say anything, but it stops them in their conversation 
for quite a bit before they return back to their odd convo. Um, that definitely sticks out to you a little bit. I assume I would have picked up on this as well. Perhaps having the conversation stop momentarily. Yeah, I think that you definitely would as well. Um, you may notice it after Kalen because he's right next to them and you were trying to focus a little bit more on Asti, but that dance of light is going to interrupt whatever you were really focusing on at the moment anyway. And then mm-hmm. noticing it quiet all of a sudden would definitely stand out. It'll be glaring over my shoulder as this is happening. Kalen <laughs> uh, is going to start paying closer attention to the conversation from from the pause on and really try and notice if more like if they're trying to speak in code, like if he notices that uh, the same words are getting repeated, but not necessarily making sense with the conversation and just trying to see if there's any, any sort of code that's going into it. So I know your story background was with a criminal family. Yeah. What is your actual character background? Oh, the one I picked for my guy. Uh, haunted one. Okay. Uh, go ahead and give me an insight check. Insight. And I'll base this on your uh, story background instead of your character background. And just because I'm, I like to always be honest, um, Kalen doesn't remember all of his actual story background yet because a lot of those memories were blocked until he has been able to release them in some way, wherever that happens. But yeah. Whoever found him kind of reprogrammed so he wasn't stabby stabby and more like the Caitlin he is. Okay. So he doesn't remember a lot of his criminal background? No. Okay. It probably hurts me right now, but hey, I'm going to be honest. No, I that's, how, that's how I wrote it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, de- I must have blocked that part out because I was like, yeah, here we go. But uh, yeah, go ahead and give me that. Um check insight okay 15 that's pretty good all right there is a moment where you're kind of getting this weird duality you're looking at duke and manso but you're seeing different faces and there's a lizard folk and it looks like a tabaxi that are talking to each other And they're talking about something in a roundabout way, and you're pretty sure they're talking about you and what the next job they have lined up for you is, but that it's to your detriment to do it. But they're trying to disguise it in this roundabout language that you've heard a lot of other thieves and criminals do. And that memory, it gives you this sharp pain in the back of your head, and then you kind of shake it off, and then you can see Duke and Manso as they actually are again, the elf and half-elf. And... But there's a similarity there in the way they're talking around any issue. Even though they're talking about politics, it from, even from the little that you know of politics, it, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense in the way they're talking about it. The chances that they're talking in code is pretty high. But breaking that code is kind of out of your grasp at the moment. Note for meditation time later. 
and definitely informing the party. Now or later? Oh, late, later, later. <laughs> this is going to be a hey, Gerd, and we're going to go gather firewood conversation. Got it. And Kalen will will keep listening closely, and I know he he likely won't be able to, but he'll try and just pick out stuff that he can, where it's just like for for the next however long he's just he's just going to be paying really close attention, okay. and he's not going to worry if it looks like he's obviously doing it. He's just kind of kind of go into almost sentinel mode and just. Got it. I will say that you won't be able to complete the first third of your book. But you'll get through quite a lot of it still. That's fine. That's fine. He, the book is less important at the moment. Okay. But he might act like he's reading and he'll still turn pages, but he may not have read those pages. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. I feel like he could run some sort of algorithm in the back and not sure exactly how he's doing it, but count how long it was taking him to read a page and then just turning the next one at roughly the same interval. Yep. Sometimes pausing a little bit longer, or if there's a picture, kind of follow it, or any like celestial things. Just, just, yep. Got it. Whoops. Alrighty. So, about six hours into the travel, it's gone through lunch. It's early afternoon now. Being in the forest has the downside that light starts to fade away from you a little bit faster than it would in the city or on the open road. But you do start to notice that quite a ways ahead of you, uh, to the so you're heading westbound right now. So to the west and north of where you are, you see bursts of birds. These large flocks of birds go up into the air and before they quickly fade out of view. But it seems to be pretty consistently marching along in that way. Uh, starting a little bit more north and moving a little bit closer towards the west towards your path. Uh, right about at the six-hour mark route, uh, something catches your eye immediately, and as soon as you pass by it, it's gone. But you see something that looked like it was a set of markings. Okay. Branches that had been adjusted and bent, and bits of bark that had been removed. That at a first glance would look normal, but for you, it's almost like seeing a word in the middle of the woods. Uh, do you keep going? I would like to stop. Why are we stopping? <clears throat> I mean, <clears throat> whatever are we stopping for? Um, anybody need a bathroom break? I need one. Me too. Yeah, yeah. And they both stop and turn and look at you, look back at each other, and shrug. Yes, all right. Uh, well, I think that should be a great idea. I, th I do think the blood has stopped from my face holes. Like, the, the handkerchief fell out a couple hours ago. Uh, Caitlin was about to just, like, yoink. <laughs> uh, and Vancer just kind of shakes his head. They get out, they move into the woods a little bit. Um, so, I'm assuming, Root, you're going back the you know, 10, 15 feet it was that you saw the things, because you had to have enough time to slow the horse down to a stop. Yep, and I'm saying, ask you come. Bing, 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 bing. Okay. Kaylin uh, and Gurdon, where are you guys going to be? 
Hold on one second. Elin was going to get out and go with Root, but if Gurdon's getting out, he'll he'll wait. I'm not going to leave the cart unattended. 100%. That's exactly that. what. <laughs> that's exactly what I was thinking too. Yeah. So you both start to get up, so you both doing it. You both sit down, both stand up. Yeah. So who's well, going? I did an odds evens, and it sounds like I don't have to pee, so I'm just going to hang out in the court. All right. <laughs> Taylor is going to hop. He's going to hop out and go walk with um, Root. Jeez. Okay. <laughs> so, Caitlin, as you're standing there, you can see that Root is tracing a claw in the air across different places. She'll stop and she'll kind of consider for a moment and you'll see that she'll... It almost seems like she's trying to move something out of the way and then she'll tilt her head a little bit to the side. And you see trees. There are trees. Also, if you look real hard at where she's pointing, there might be a tree. It's going to kind of go... Everything all right, Root? Okay, I'm gonna break it down really real quick. Um, I think you've been staring at trees for all day. Um, maybe that's why it's looking like that. But I'm not gonna knock anything because maybe this is a holding of druidy thing. And if that's the case, by all means, maybe step back and wherever you saw it, maybe kind of go back to where the cart path was suggestion but um also and he's gonna look back at the cart to see C Mansell or uh the dude looking this way nope he's gonna speak in undercommon and say that the Duke and the man and Mansell are speaking in code uh I know she doesn't understand it, but technically he wouldn't know that yet, so... Oh, that's a good point. Excellent point. Uh, so, Root, Kaelin leans in a little bit and hears something... Omelette de fromage? C'est bonjour? Omelette de fromage. Thank you, Grant. <laughs> yep. Uh... You have no idea what Caitlin is saying to you right now. And you think I'm weird because the trees can talk to me. You don't understand that. Okay. Can I hear this, I hear this conversation? How far away are they? Uh, right now, they're about 15 feet back away from the wagon. I mean, they're probably they're, not. They're okay. and, and he's trying to talk like very, oh. very quiet, very direct. You hear sounds coming from Caitlin, but identify language of someone whispering would be a little tough. Yeah. You hear from he then the cart. Says it. You hear from the cart. Did you say you could talk to trees? <laughs> Kim's gonna look. She can. Pecan? What about oak? Maybe ash? A little birch? Alright. Either of them want to be the very best that no tree ever was. He's going to then also whisper the same thing in Celestial. Uh, you hear this angelic tones. Uh, there's a hint of a bell and a harp. 
that seems to dance around in this beautiful mix that you're sure is language. No idea what the hell he's saying, though. Root just kind of... That's a very pretty melody. Oh, I wasn't humming. The Duke and Mansell are talking in code. And that um, Root wants to try to, to attempt to speak Elvish to Caitlin. Duke, yeah. can you can you understand this? <laughs> nope. Uh, so, Caitlin, do you hear this uh, litty language that sort of just has these little sort of flows in from one thing to the next with the occasional glottal stop, but it's just Is that the tree language? Are you trying to tell it to say something? No. Norm is like soft, like whispering. She's like, Norm is Caitlin's going to then walk over to a tree kind of further away from Root and like he's not quite sure what he has to do so he's going to like drop the truck nut and stand there at the tree. Are you using a rage or just dropping nuts? Just just he's going to lower it. Got it. Just dropping it. Stand kind of like power stance. You'll see his arm just like shake a little and then he'll go back to the Cart. The danger card. The danger card. And then when he's getting in, he'll tell Gurdon, oh, yeah, if, if you need to. I think she's trying to read the trees. She may she may need, need your help with that. Uh, okay. All right. Root. Uh, now that you have a chance to focus and you've managed to adjust your point of view to the four different points that you need to based on the way that the carving is set into the tree bark on these different trees, um, you do manage to glean a message hidden in Druidic. Uh, With your background, uh, because of your elder's father originally came from a different continent, they traveled pretty far away to meet with Eric Cochran here. Uh, But you have actually heard of the Wolf's Head Basin before. And it's a large forest, but is renowned as being like a central hub of many druids around the world. Uh, it, you know, you can make a history check to see what you know of their either history or no, you know what? Because it's a druid, I would call it a history check, but using wisdom instead of intelligence. So if you're proficient in history, you can add your proficiency bonus. If you were not proficient, then it would just be a wisdom check. Um, my wisdom is higher than my history proficiency. Wait, but are you proficient in history? Like, does it have the little dot filled in? No. Okay. Yeah, so it would just be a, a wisdom check then. Dope. <laughs> Dope. There's the rules. All right. Uh, so with the 21... You think back, and the Wolf's Head Basin was a group of druids that was originally formed around the time of the Void uh, by a small collection of druids that were heavily impacted by it and came together to help put a stop to it. Uh, You know that there's also ties with a mystical creature uh, called the Foxvine, 
And there's a lot of different stories about Foxvine, but it always seems to be this sort of entity that shows up for major elemental issues around the world. Uh, Almost always taking the form of either a fox, like a, a red fox as far as big bushy tail, but made entirely out of plant matter. Uh, tends to speak in a very archaic manner. Um, has been impossible to pin down. Um, but it's almost myth at this point, whether or not Foxvine actually exists. Jesus, so 21 is really good. I would say you've also heard the name Gren before. And that's tied in with the Wolf's Head Basin somehow. But as far as what exactly it would be pretty tough to glean. Um, but it's definitely a name you would have heard before. And what's the message from from the trees? Oh, uh, so I've got it in Rule 20 so you can copy-paste, but it is uh, for the podcast sake. Uh, beware the summoned of three given by the life of nine stopped by the basin of wolf's head know this mark and pass in safety. All right, I am going to store that knowledge. Um, I'd like to look at, um, I want to look at Asti and be like, do you like fox? All right, cut out. Do you like fire? Foxes. Foxes. Um, She cocks her head to the side. And then you get an image of uh, just a small little litter of fox pups and, and a question of uncertainty. Uh, you get kind of this weird sort of indifference feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, is Gurdon heading towards Root? I was going to... Uh, as Kalen was hopping back in the wagon, he mentioned I should go over there, so I'm going to do that thing. So Kalen and Gurdon switch out. Um, Norm actually hops out with you, Gurdon, and then he taps his snoot, and you see him crouch a little bit, and then do this like weird sort of like lungy walk. And you get the very distinct feeling that he thinks he's stealthing. Oh, okay. I'll 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 do the same. Um, he'll look back and see you, and then he'll he'll go like this. He'll shake his hands side to side, like no, no. He was kind of points to himself, and then he'll do the sneaky motion, and then points to you, and does just like walk. Okay. And then does this like weird eye to eye gesture back and forth. I'm not totally sure what yeah. that's about. Uh, okay, so I'll, I'll turn around and face him and walk normally in reverse. <laughs> he goes to the other shrugs and then slinks off into the underbrush a little bit. Um, and then okay, and then I'll turn around and just go find Groot. Groot, I called you Groot. I'm sorry. <laughs> so Groot, Groot is standing in the middle of the way. Uh, she's currently speaking to Asti, who's just kind of cocking her head side to side. But I mean, she's in the middle of the road, so it's pretty easy to find her. Hey, I heard you can talk to trees. What's up? What's up with that? 
<laughs> um, Root wants to repeat the message. I'll listen to Beware the Summoned of three, given by the life of nine. That sounds like math. That's all I got. But that's what the trees say. Did they tell you this? Yes, and then she like points to the, um, the branches, where she like interpreted the message. That's where that's where it talked to you. It's a druid thing. Uh, One additional note is that, you know, when you finish reading the fourth point, you've gone to all of the four base points, and it kind of focuses around. Uh, It takes you a minute, but as Gurdon is, as you're trying to point out the symbol to him, he's kind of like ducking between the four points that you had just gone to. And you realize there's a central point that you haven't gone to yet. Oh, I want to go there. As you go there, you see that many of the marks form this odd symbol. It's not a word. It's not anything that stands out to you as being you know, an arcane mark, but then you're like, oh shit, this is probably the mark. Um, it, looks, yeah. it looks sort of like a seven where if you didn't just stop the bottom line, it curled back up, uh, had the cross point, and then had a small star inside the loop. I want to stand on the mark. Well, the mark is made up of indruidic, so you see it like you know amongst the trees and branches. I'd like um, to stand in the middle. Um, as you walk to that point where you would see the middle of it, uh, the mark disappears from view. Uh, you can no longer see it from this perspective. Uh, as you stand there, you wait a moment. You hear a couple of birds, some insects chirping. Uh, nothing seems to happen after a few minutes. Are they still talking to you? No, but there may be something here, or it may just be a a mark I, I need to write down in case we stumble upon it later. Um, since it says pass in safety, I do want to like just go a couple steps through where I think like the arc thing would be. And see if anything changes. You want me to? You want me to walk through your talking trees? Okay. Stay there for. Now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sure Gurdy, hammer in hand. I'm ready. Got it. Uh, you see her walk through different points and kind of stop and look, check. Uh, and root, you can see where parts of the curve are actually made of different trees that are at different distances. So it doesn't quite make a perfect loop. Uh, after doing this for another couple of minutes, you're, you get the impression that your original idea of keeping the mark in mind might be the right thing, but how will you remember this mark in the future? It's a little unusual. Do I have um, like paper and pencil anywhere in the, in the cart? Uh, I believe Gurdon actually does have paper and pencil, and I think the Duke, well, the Duke definitely has paper and pencil. Let's use Gurdon's. Yeah. And let's not tell anyone else about this. Gurdon, I need to draw something. I like to draw, too. Here. (laughs) I make two copies of the, um, 
no, three, I make three copies of the symbol and kind of rip the paper in three. I give one to Gurdon. I keep one for myself, and then I want to give the third one to Caitlin. Looks like a seven with a curly thing, cross point, and the star inside of the little curly thing. Is that right? Correct. I was trying to see if I could draw it on the map here for you, but... Let's oh, I got it. you, my guy. Hold on. Let me do this. There we go. That's close enough. Um, mm, where is this on the map? Right, uh, kitty corner to 29. Start pinging. I see it. Oh, yep. Okay, so when I was drawing this in my head, I drew the curly thing the other direction. Ah. Uh, okay. Yep. All right. Uh, so you've got this written down, and uh, Root, as soon as you finish drawing it, you see this little green flash of the symbol. And then you get this mental image. So it's similar to what you get from ASCII all the time. But this mm -hmm. feels like a stranger. And so it's a little less comfortable. I don't know how comfortable it is for Root for ASCII to be constantly bombarding your mind. But I feel like it might be a little bit more commonplace. Whereas this is a definite other. There's some sort of otherness to it. And you can see a small crested hill with trees lacking except for around it and you get the feeling of defended and careful and then it's gone um root wants to try to like telepathically like the same way she tried to communicate and ask something similar okay uh you cast you uh, you cast this thought out back at whatever it was that sent you the message whether it was heard or not, you were unsure because there is no answer. At this point, it's been about 20 minutes, and Manso and the Duke finally come back. And it is maybe a minute after that, at most, that Norm comes back. Uh, seems to actually be a little bit better hidden because you don't notice him until he kind of pops out of a bush. Uh, but Gurdon, he points to you and goes and then points at his chest uh, he is wearing a shirt but it, it really isn't conveying a whole lot of information but he seems to you know gives the thumbs up points to his chest a couple of times Every, everything came out okay uh, he just puts a finger up to his snoot and looks over at the duke and manso who turn around and see you too good 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 Yes, are we, are we on our way then? Ah, uh, the Duke. Kind of fusses a little bit. Would you like mm. to be left here? What? It's been the worst trip I've ever paid for. No stars on the Elvish Review. Good thing we ain't listed. Yep. <laughs> well, if you don't want to be I suggest you don't. Um... I don't know what you with me. And ask stupid questions. Oh, well, I, I never. Mental? Maybe you should. And he witches side. So he sits where Manso was. Manso is now sitting next to you, Kaylin. And 
her pair looks at you and then just kind of gives you a little eyebrow lift, like a quizzical look. Immediately leans over and just lets one rip right at the uh, Duke and then starts fanning it over to him. Oh, you a nasty bastard, you! Ah, you fucker! Duke gives this a thumbs up. Was it me? I can taste it! And my mouth open? This is absolutely unacceptable. Yeah, which and that, my friend, is a true sewer. Ain't that the truth? I was like, I think I gotta let the dogs out before they piss on my floor. All right, thanks for listening. If you want to watch our shenanigans live, come check us out on Twitch at Happy Boom Gaming. We play every other Thursday from 8-ish to 10-30-ish, depending on how well we keep track of time. Uh, We hope to see you all there. Thanks for coming.